Good morning, everybody. I want to just apologize at the outset for some of you, a handful of you that were present here at the beginning of the Divine Liturgy. I think all of us here were a little bit off of our game. I felt like there were a few missteps right at the outset of the service this morning. Uh, from, I don't know what the deacon's excuses are, but for my part, <laughs> I woke up uh, very early this morning uh, to be here to celebrate the Divine Liturgy because I was with our youth organization, our youth group in Fresno, participating in the annual sports weekend tournament. We're very proud that we've got a large group of kids there. Uh, participating in the tournament, uh, playing volleyball, playing basketball, playing tavlu, playing chess, playing ping pong, doing all of these things, representing our church. However, um, I wanted to make sure that I would be back here in time to be able to celebrate the Divine Liturgy uh, with all of you here. So feeling a little bit tired, I felt like we had a few missteps at the beginning of the Divine Liturgy. So I ask your forgiveness. However, I'm sure that our merciful God has still received our sacrifice today and uh, saw fit to grant uh, our prayers that this sacrament be performed this beautiful Sunday morning. This Sunday morning represents a very, for me, beloved, unique, fascinating feast day in the life of the Armenian Church. What's so fascinating about it and unique about it is it is the only, only the Armenian Church that actually uh, celebrate this particular feast day. And this feast day is called the Second Palm Sunday. Now, what's happening in the church calendar? As we know, a few days ago on Thursday, we were all present or we all uh, celebrated the Feast of the Ascension of Jesus Christ, this amazing day that we read about in the Gospel when Christ in body ascended to be with His Heavenly Father in the Kingdom of Heaven. I was so happy and overjoyed, and I told this story to our ladies group on Thursday, that those of us who were able to visit Jerusalem in the fall went to the very place and the very rock upon which Christ was standing when he ascended to heaven. This fantastic moment in the life of uh, all of humanity when Christ ascended to heaven and therefore showing us the way that we would all one day return to our Father in heaven. But then, of course, he promised his disciples that they would not be left alone, and ten days later... On the Feast of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came and it visited the disciples uh, in the upper chamber. And having been blessed and receiving the Holy Spirit, they went out amongst all the peoples to perform the great mission which Christ entrusted them uh, to make disciples of all nations, one of which was, of course, the Armenian nation, which the disciples visited and which uh, has set our nation on a path ever since then. But between those two days, the uh, Feast of Ascension and the Feast of Pentecost, lies a very curious feast which we celebrate on the Sunday between them, which is called the Second Palm Sunday. We all know what Palm Sunday is. It's the Sunday that begins Holy Week. It's the Sunday before Easter. It's the Sunday when Christ entered triumphantly into the city of Jerusalem to the expectant peoples there who were so excited to be able to greet their Messiah, the man who had resurrected the dead, the man who had done miracles, the man who had preached to the multitudes, that they had all heard so much about, the man who would be their leader, the man who would restore the Jewish people, the people of Israel, God's people, to their rightful place in the world. And of course, it was just a few days later that things turned out quite differently for everybody involved, ultimately leading to Christ's betrayal and His passion, His crucifixion, 
But of course, this was all part of God's plan so that he could die and be resurrected. This was Palm Sunday. Today is Second Palm Sunday. What's Second Palm Sunday? And why do we have something called Second Palm Sunday? I like the joke that maybe Jesus left his keys in his house and he needed to go back to Jerusalem to pick them up and he found himself getting back in there and then maybe the people were ready to greet him again. But of course, this is not the case. This feast is very unique to us because it's based on the testimony of the patron saint of our church, St. Gregory the Illuminator. He testified when he was removed from the great pit, from the deep pit that he was imprisoned in, that every day he was visited by an angel. Every day he was visited by an angel, except one day. In all of the years that he was held in captivity, there was one day that the angel did not come. And he said, the next day when he did come, why is it that you weren't here yesterday? And the angel said, well, I was in heaven celebrating Palm Sunday. Well, I mean, of course, St. Gregory was taken a little bit back about this. What are you celebrating Palm Sunday for? And the angel went on to explain that just as you celebrate in your Christian church the day that Christ entered into the city of Jerusalem, we celebrate the day that Christ, three days after the day that Christ ascended to heaven and he entered into the heavenly Jerusalem. He entered into the eternal Jerusalem. The Jerusalem that we sing about every Sunday when we do our requiem prayers and we say, Iverin Yerusalem. This is the Jerusalem that awaits all of those who are to be considered saints of the Lord and will sit at His right hand. And when Christ ascended to heaven and He entered into the heavenly Jerusalem, the angels were there to welcome Him and to praise Him and to rejoice just as the people of earth did when He entered into the earthly Jerusalem. What this means is that there's not just one church. There isn't just the Christian church that we all know of, that we are present in today, and that we have been a part of ever since Christ's life and his teachings changed the world. There is also another church, and that church is a heavenly church. Theologians call this the militant church and the victorious church. There's the church that we're all in and struggling to be a part of and to be and to live up to Christ's teachings day in and day out. And then there's the victorious church, which is in heaven. That's the church that celebrates the second Palm Sunday. That's the church which the angels and saints can claim membership to, and which we will all strive to be a part of. What I love about this idea is the juxtaposition of the militant and the victorious, the ones who have strived and the ones who have achieved, the imperfect and the perfect. When I think about the heavenly Jerusalem, I don't think about the Jerusalem that you can go and visit in Israel today. I think about a perfect vision, a creation of God, a place of joy, a place of peace, a place where there's no suffering, but a place where the worthy, by God's grace, are allowed to call home when they return to Him. The distance between the imperfect reality that we are a part of, the militant reality, the struggling and suffering reality that we are a part of, and the perfection which Christ has offered to us and called us to is so vast. That distance is where we find sin. 
that distance between our imperfection and the perfection that we've been called to is where we encounter sin. When I was at Sports Weekend these past few days and I saw these kids competing with one another in their various sports, if any one of them didn't try hard enough, if any one of them hadn't practiced enough, if any one of them hadn't given it their all and been willing to share and work with their fellow teammates, and they lost, if they fell short, would we permit them to claim that they won? No. Would we say that they still deserve to win even though they didn't do everything that they could? No. We call that unsportsmanly, right? They don't recognize the justice in the game if they're not trying as hard and working as well together as they can. Still, some people feel as though they've been cheated in the process. They feel like they should win even though they're not worthy or they're not ready. But athletes at the top of their game recognize that when they see somebody who's better, when they see somebody who's worked harder and achieved more, they see a goal. They see an example to follow. They see a path that they too can walk so that they could be as good as that other person. This is what St. Paul the Apostle saw when in his epistle he says that I ran the race and I fought the good fight. That he's only waiting for the heavenly glory which he is going to be crowned with by Jesus Christ. He was somebody who saw his imperfections and every moment sought to overcome them without feeling self-pity, without resigning to the fact that he would remain less than what he could be. This is what it means to be called to perfection. This is what it means to acknowledge that we have sin in our life. We are not as perfect as Christ expects us to be. But we as a militant church must always strive to be so. To follow his example. To use his perfection as a guiding light and a beacon so that we can achieve the vision which he has for us in our lives. This is the message which I hope that we can take with us here on this second Palm Sunday so that we can be blessed by the Lord. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I'd like